1: Welcome to the Nebraska Hawk's Nest. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska! The frost advisory is cancelled. Corn huskers? More like corn shuffle. Are
0: you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, everybody. Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. We are lucky enough to be joined by Ryan Kreiner from the University of Iowa basketball program. Ryan, how's it going, man?
1: Uh, it's going good. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, do you, All right. Typically, like your name, it probably gets butchered. Do you like to go by, is it more Kreiner or Kreener?
1: It, it is Kreiner, but it's been butchered so many times I just respond to both by now.
0: Okay. Okay. So I always said Creener, but I've heard people say crying. I'm like, okay, I thought it was Creener, but I just wanted to make sure that I'm not sitting here butchering your name the whole entire time. Cause <laughs> there'll be guys that make their, their way all the way through Iowa It <clears throat> like Nathan budget on the football team. Like I know guys that are huge Hawkeye fans that were still calling him Nathan Bosseta, like at the end of his career. So completely annihilating it. Um, right now we want to update everybody on what's going on with you. You let me know that you are in Leuven, Belgium. And um, originally it said online that you had started out in Slovenia. And you mentioned to me that you uh, didn't stick around there too terribly long. And um, you're over in Belgium. Now tell us about that transition.
1: Yeah. uh, After I left Slovenia, I went uh, back home and, uh, really just went to work uh worked out with my trainer and my uh you know close circle there uh, and really got some good stuff in and just continue to work and uh when that next uh next call came to come out and play, uh, I was ready for it and that's um so I mean I've been here know uh, probably six, seven weeks now and uh, I've been doing a really good job
0: so do you just have um a person in this position? Do you just have an agent that markets you? and get your name out there and says, Hey, like he's in shape. He's looking good. Um, how does that process work?
1: Uh, it's, I I do have an agent and it's, it can be uh, a little stressful at times because, um, uh, you never know what's going to go on or how, uh, teams are going to make moves and stuff. And so the, the landscape over here is just always changing and, um, it's, it's always, uh, uh, with, with a good agent who's working for you, it's, you know you always got something that's going on, and you just have to wait for the for the right opportunity and the right right contract to come along to sign it.
0: What what's been the the transition like? Um, adjusting to the culture over in Belgium, I'm sure there's a uh, not you know not a lot that's the same, but probably some similarities. What are mm-hmm. some things that you've kind of struggled with uh, with the culture there, and maybe the food, and some things you've enjoyed?
1: Uh, well, the first thing I'd say is that. Belgium is supposed to be one of the best uh, leagues for rookies because it's uh, one of the most Americanized countries. Uh, uh, getting around has been about as easy as you could think it's been. Um, uh, everybody here speaks English. The people are very uh, nice and welcoming. Um, and it was not like that at Slovenia at all, I'll tell you that much. Um, but, uh, you know, just going to the grocery store, <clears throat> I can ask for help or. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm in the way or doing something wrong and someone will say something to me. And I'll like, look at them funny and they'll just like laugh at me and say, Oh, like English. And it's like, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I know, the people here, they, they pretty much understand that. And, uh, so that's been good. Um, I'd say probably the biggest adjustment is, uh, just kind of the pace of life. Um, they kind of seem to either, they either do things really early in the morning and they kind of take a while off and then they kind of go back at it at night and I don't know. It's just the timing of everything's a little weirder.
0: What's the style of pl- uh, style of play like there? Is it quite a bit different than it is in the States? Did you have to adjust your game at all when, when you went over there?
1: Um, a little bit. Uh, it's definitely faster than it is in the States. And that's just what happens when you go you know, up a level uh, every time. And so it, it's a little faster. It's a little more physical. Um, different things are uh a lot obviously there's a bunch of rule changes and I'm learning those all the time there's a game one of my first games here uh a teammate had dove on the floor and got a loose ball and I'm screaming at the ref for a timeout and my coach and one of the other players are looking at me like dude like what are you doing like you can't do that here I was like oh I know that like uh it's just what do you do in the states you know someone just dives on the floor you call time out get the ball back but uh, you can't call timeout there. I got go- called for a goaltending last game because I went to block a shot and I hit the glass, and I guess you can't hit the glass here. And okay, and then there's other goaltending rules uh, where, like, if it touches the rim, you can swat it off the rim, and like goaltend free throws as we would like. Uh, there's just a bunch of little uh, finite details, and I uh, just gotta you know continue to learn them.
0: What right now? What's the end goal for you? Are you? Obviously, hoping to potentially make it, uh, get up to the NBA. Or are you really enjoying your time overseas and, and wanting to build a career over there? Or are you think it's someday you want to transition into coaching?
1: Uh, de- all three, all three. Um, it's definitely a childhood goal, and I think it's uh, every basketball player's dream to go play in the NBA. Um, so I'll always chase that. But uh, for now, I'm enjoying enjoying Europe, and uh, you know, looking forward to. Uh, I'll you know, kind of make my mark here and uh, do what I can here to you know uh, you know play basketball, have fun and make some good money while I'm at it and uh, I don't know what I'll do when I'm done playing. Um, I've always thought about coaching. Um, I actually have a degree to go be an athletic director somewhere so I might do that as well and uh, yeah, I mean we'll those'll be definitely avenues uh, when I'm done playing.
0: We were talking about this earlier, and I was curious when you were coming out of iowa last year um actually the year before it you had the opportunity I, I think and correct me if i'm wrong to come back for one more year with the whole uh pandemic situation were you did you have that opportunity
1: uh, no i all winter sport athletes did not get the opportunity um all spring sport athletes did and you're seeing that with the winter sport athletes this year get the get the uh, waiver. And so, um, I did not have that opportunity to do that.
0: give me your honest opinion. Does that make a lot of sense because the winter sport athletes this year are getting to play a full season, and yours was shut down before the conference tournament even started was that was that that obviously was had to have been pretty disappointing what, what was your feelings like when when you heard the news
1: um for me i wasn't I was really hung up on it. I knew uh I was gonna go either way um you know, it, it was my time and I, I had a strong season. Um, and so it was, it, was, it was my time to go pro. Uh, so I was going to do that either way. And um, I, uh, it was just more hurt and, like, no closure to what, uh, what was a great season and everything we were building up on. And I'm, you know, super proud of the guys this year that get to play and uh, kind of living a little vicariously through them. Uh, because you know we we set uh, uh goals our after my junior season and uh, we didn't get to you know finish those and we put ourselves in a very good position to uh, you know reach all of those go goals that we had set and um I'm I'm really looking forward to these guys uh breaking all of those this year.
0: You guys definitely were peaking at at the right time and I can't think of a player in just the span of a year how much you improved going into your final year. It was drastic. Uh, Had to have been one of the best bench players come off the bench and you did start some, you know, a decent amount of games, but one of the best players coming off the bench in the whole entire league. And you were such a vital part, uh, such a vital part to the team. Um, Tell us about uh, your role on your current team right now. Are you uh, in a starting role or are you uh, playing a similar role that you played at Iowa?
1: Uh, I'm in a starting role I'm playing uh, just under 30 minutes a game I think I, I looked at my averages today I'm averaging like I don't know I think like 22 and nine and a half um, I was actually designed, right. uh, this week's uh, MVP of the league and I had another uh, MVP performance by Eurobasket was put out so I'm I'm uh, having a lot of opportunity over here and that's uh, you know really good for building my resume up, um, bigger jobs.
0: Dude, that's awesome. So are you thinking that you are in the hunt potentially for, you know, the overall league MVP if something like that were to play out?
1: Uh, I'm not sure how, how that works. Uh, I definitely hope I get it. Uh, if I keep playing to this level. Um, and obviously I, I didn't join right at the beginning of the league, so I don't know if that uh, factors into it, but, um, you know, if I qualify for it, I want it.
0: I'll say that much. I, I was looking back, you know, before I didn't realize uh, how much you really had changed since when you first got to Iowa. And then when you left, uh, if you look at your pictures, I'm sure you've seen, you know, you had the shaggy hair and the scruff and yeah. uh, looked like just like a, a young college kid. And um, mm-hmm. almost borderline, like off dazed and confused. You know, you just kind of like oh, look real... Real chill. I'm not. I'm not bagging on you. Just like real chill. Like, hey, you know. And then, like, as a as a as a senior, you're very polished, uh, very professional. You look like you really had grown up over that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about uh, y- your growth process and and maturity process from your freshman year all the way to yeah, all the way to your senior. Because I can tell you, like, I I looked way yeah. worse than you ever could have hoped to, man. <laughs> I, I was I was in bad shape, man. I had shaggy hair and, and really horrible chin beard i was a late bloomer so i was way worse than you
1: (laughs) no my my freshman year i was really just concerned with you know having fun and playing ball that's really all i cared about i didn't care about the appearance or anything i was just out there you know living life to the fullest and um as as college went on I, i i really grew up and um and uh yeah i just grew up and became a you know, a true young adult and uh, a young man. And that's something that uh, Fran McCaffrey and their coaching the coaching staff definitely has a lot of credit for is uh, turning me into the person I am today. Um, but yeah, there, uh, yeah, as a kid coming out of high school, I was all about, all about the fun, all about, Hey, what are we doing? And all stuff like that. And, uh as i as i grew it was more about business and uh you know i still like to have fun but i want to i want to win at all all costs now
0: i think that's a healthy approach especially when you go into college you know you're you're there for the college experience too and you want to have a good time and if you don't get that social you know that social stuff out of your system it's going to stick with you forever you got to be able to yeah you got to be able to let that out and have a good time and, and live that college life um I want to circle back a little bit to um, back before you got to Iowa, your recruiting process uh, coming out of high school. You had a lot of offers, uh, oh, yeah. a, a lot of schools that were interested, uh, listed as a three star for a three star recruit. Uh, I've done a lot of recruiting research over the years. Typically, a three star recruit would not have the amount of offers that you had. I believe it was over 20. Um Tell us about some of the schools that you were really considering that were you know really hot on you that you were thinking, hey, I, I can see myself here. And um, how did your how did your um, decision process work Get getting down to Iowa?
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of funny you bring that up. And I think the reason I stayed a three star is because uh, on either my first or second visit to Iowa, Fran and I had a conversation. uh And I remember him telling me that he hates guys who post all their offers or on social media only post about themselves and put themselves out there. I was like, well, shit, this is my dream school. I want to play here. I'm going to stop doing that. And so I think after my – was after like my seventh or eighth offer, I stopped posting. So no one knew the offers that I had. And I ended up with like 35 offers. Wow. Uh, when when I was all said and done, and uh, a number of high major schools, and so I I knew I was definitely uh, you know under the radar at that point because I think people only thought I had those eight. Um, and uh, Coach McCaffrey had told me that uh, a lot. A lot of times, these guys are only posting their offers to get more offers, and uh, like what? And I don't know if it was a sales pitch to I don't know, kind of keep me a diamond on the rough and get me later. Or if it was, uh, you know, it's completely genuine. But I, uh, a good piece of advice he told me is, you know, these guys post their offers just to get more offers. Uh, why would you want to do that when uh, you can just kind of stay under the radar and get schools who really want you and care about you? And so um, after I stopped posting my offers, uh, a lot of those connections down the line became more genuine uh, connections with the coaching staffs.
0: That's that's super interesting. I would not have um, really guessed that there was that much self-marketing involved in, oh, yeah. in your in your recruiting process. But, you know, if Fran was trying to give you a sales pitch to get you, that's a that's that's a pretty intelligent uh, approach to take. Um, I don't know if you heard today, but um, I, I believe coach just signed a five year extension. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty yeah. That's pretty cool news. Do you still keep yeah. in touch with uh, Fran at all?
1: Uh, a little bit uh, I've talked to the uh coaching staff you know a few times uh over the course of you know, the season and whatnot, and uh really happy for all the success there have been uh I was really happy for coach I'll probably you know send him a text or something uh I don't know here don't, what time it's two back home so yeah yeah probably probably before I go to bed i'll I'll hit him up and say congrats,
0: so what time is it over there right now?
1: Uh, it is 2016 right now. Uh, so that is eight sixteen. 16, but I don't, in a week you'll be, so we're six hours ahead right now, but in okay. a week we'll be seven hours ahead because the daylight savings is like a week off, which okay. is weird. I don't know, they There's a lot of weird stuff over here.
0: Was it tough getting used to that time change?
1: Uh, not as bad as you think. I've been over here, uh, three, four times already. So I, I just know that if you get that overnight flight, you can sleep a little bit on that. And then I just force myself to stay up until I can uh, go to bed at at like their nighttime and uh, just kind of force it with maybe uh, some melatonin or something. Uh, It it wasn't too bad. I mean, it's a little rough on the body the first few days, but you'll be good.
0: Um, Tell us about uh, your, your, announcement at the end of the season, which is one of my favorite things you've ever done. It was so cool. I tweeted the hell out of that. When uh, you pulled a UCF and yep. claimed the national championship for the Iowa basketball team, uh, I, first question, did you ever get a ring made? Because I sure as hell hope you did, because that'd be awesome. And number two, uh, did you just did you just tweet that out or did you run that by anybody before you put that out there?
1: Uh, I... I had I was sitting in my hotel room with Riley Till, and we had saw everything that was going down at the Big Ten tournament about how, you know, Hoiberg got sick, and uh, Rudy Gobert was touching all the microphones, and he got sick, and NBA suspends their season. And we're like, oh god, we don't know if we're playing. I was like, I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm just gonna put this out there. Like, it'll be funny. Like, it's a, uh, it's it, it, it's a joke, uh, you know, kind of thing. And you know, season, uh, tournament, and season gets canceled, and it kicks in, and. Uh, some other players had tried to, you know, dibs it and it had gotten back to and back. And so I had to check like who called it first. And so we called it first. And I remember we we're at the hotel and, and after that uh, they had told us everything was canceled, uh, Gary Barta came out to me and he goes, Well, geez, since you called it, we might as well have a parade and get a banner made. So yeah, we, we had it, we had it, uh, had anything made, but uh, it, it was pretty cool.
0: Oh, I had a sign just uh, made recently. I was thinking about this, and it uh, it says uh, 2020 uh, NCAA Tournament Champions. We called mm-hmm. dibs underneath yeah. it. So I thought that was freaking awesome. It, uh, it
1: is on Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, it says that uh, we beat Kentucky 77-75, I believe.
0: I mean, that's at the end of the day, you know, if UCF can do it, then we can too. So exactly. um, we're going to promote that, the 2020 national champions, and we call dibs. That's our motto. So we're, we're, we,
1: we're going back to back this year.
0: It uh, was awesome. I sure as hell hope so. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, have you filled out a bracket yet?
1: I actually just filled one out this morning. And after reviewing the bracket, I came to terms with my Big Ten bias.
0: Don't overthink it, man you got to go with your gut every single time I've done that. And everyone I know I'll fill it out. And then I go back through and I start to overanalyze stuff and all the stuff I change, I get wrong.
1: I so, just, so with mine, just out of spite right away, I had Georgia tech beat Illinois just out right away, round of 32 Illinois out. Okay. And I, I, I did that because my point guard here in Leuven, he went to Georgia tech. So, uh, I put Georgia Tech uh, over Illinois right away just to get them out of the tournament. <laughs> and then my final four was like just – it was four Big Ten teams. It's, it's Iowa, Purdue, Rutgers, and I think uh, – Rutgers? Michigan. Wow. Oh, dude. They've got – I, I like Rutgers' matchup to the Sweet 16, maybe the Elite Eight.
0: I have them going actually to the Sweet 16. I, I do. And mine I thought mine was pretty Big Ten heavy. I think I have – three out of the four teams in the final four I have from the big 10. And then my other one was uh Baylor is, uh, is my fourth, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't know. I really have a strong dislike for Illinois after watching them play. I hate those guys. And I don't, I loved it when Connor stood up to them and, you know, got back in the guy's face because, you know, we're not going to step down from you guys. It's very frustrating. They are a damn good team, but um, what is it about those guys that drive you crazy? I know what I think and I can't stand the, I can't stand them.
1: They're just they're just a macho group. Like their their whole MO is oh we're hey, we're bigger, tougher, better than you uh stuff like that. I mean uh I don't know. I hate them dudes. I've hated them from all 4 years that I played there.
0: That's really satisfying to hear you say that cuz we can't stand them either. They're I mean, they went that-
1: I all, all I got to say is uh, the the one thing that I will applaud is that they were as loud and annoying as they were when they were getting stomped in the Big 10 underwoods first two years that's all I'm going to say
0: Oh, they they well, really
1: kept the same energy. Good for them. I,
0: I hope they get lit up somewhere down the line. I I, I think they're one of the best. They're playing one of the best games in the country right now, and I think they got a pretty good path. But Georgia Tech's, like you said, they're hot right now. They won their yep. conference tournament, and that would be awesome if they would knock them off. I would celebrate that. And it, when we were playing them. The other night, Illinois in the Big Ten tournament, we started to kind of make that comeback at the end. I was just like, please, God, just, let's come back and let's get these guys because I hate Illinois basketball so much. Oh, it's really yeah, I, developed.
1: I think, I think our death really showed there. I think if we had a healthy Jack Nungy, that game would probably have been a little different
0: um who do you what do you think who do you think is going to step up uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament because if you look at the um the analyzation of Grand Canyon University they are a big heavy team uh who, who do you think is going to step up and be able to fulfill that role and help help defend the middle for us
1: uh I, I think it's gonna be a team defense thing uh I, obviously uh Grant Cain's going to go up Luca and try to get him uh, out of the game. Um, Luca's smarter than that as long as, you know, uh, he plays good straight-up defense because uh, in the NCAA, they def- in the tournament, they definitely call it different than they do in the Big Ten. It's a lot less physical. Um, so I-, I think as long as Luca can stay out of foul trouble, we'll be fine. Um, it's going to be um, a combination of uh, our weak side help on pick and rolls. Uh, that's something I noticed during the Illinois game is our, our backside defense uh, wasn't, uh, as it should be. Um, uh, and, you know, that that's just happens, you know, sometimes where you, you get chasing shooters and when you're on a really good team, but, uh, like Illinois. Uh, and then, so we're going to need good backside help uh, on their pick and roll stuff and good, uh, you know, stunts or defensive rotations when they're in the post. And, uh, you know, if, if we just play... Play our game. That that should be one we should get.
0: And I want to see what you think about this. And you're going to probably call me a Hawkeye homer, which I'm sure a lot of people will. And I've never done this before. This is my first year, but I do have Iowa going to the national championship this year, beating Gonzaga. I just feel like, you know, we did not play a very good game when we played them at a neutral site this year. And I believe we got beat by 10 or 11. And Gonzaga does not play a high level of competition on a consistent basis. And I think going through that tournament, that's going to start to wear on them and beat on them. Iowa, on the other hand, is used to playing a consistent level of high competition like that. What are your thoughts on the potential of Iowa running it and making it all the way to the championship game?
1: So I was, I was at the Iowa-Gonzaga game. Uh, That was one of the perks of uh, coming over here a little late. I was able to catch that game in person and just the atmosphere was so weird. It was just such a weird eerie atmosphere. Those The gameplay was weird. Um,
0: It seemed weird uh, on TV.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I I think, especially like if, like after that game, like I know it was was just a feeling of like, yeah, we lost, but like they're no better than us. Like if if we just, if we could play that game over again and play a little better, we win that game. Um, And I think that's maybe an advantage we'll have if we meet up with them again. Um, And then also, like you said, with Gonzaga playing. Uh, you know, their conference schedule is they, I think something that was really good for them is they've played really well early in the year against really high level competition and then it kind of tapered off a little bit. So you don't know, uh, you know, what their execution has been over their conference schedule and stuff like that. Now that they have to ramp it back up, uh, it might not be the same. Um, as far as Iowa going all the way, I do have them going all the way in my bracket as well. Uh, all I've, right. always, I've always made an Iowa bracket of them winning it. Um, always have, and I think I always will. Uh, yeah
0: well uh before Fran showed up things were more than rough during the Licklider lighter era it was bad and uh Fran's really just over the years just you know built up the program and we're on a steady incline like getting better and better every year more and more competitive what is it about Fran uh with you playing for him that makes him such a special coach
1: um He, he cares about people first. He cares about character first. Um, he cares about who you are as a person before you as a player. Um, he only, he really only tries to recruit guys of high character that, you know, fit in with his culture and, uh, in with the team that he has. And, you know, once, once you have those guys who all gel together, um, and they can play high basket, high level basketball that, that, uh, that can take you places.
0: How has he been able to keep that staff so intact over the years? You don't ever see a college, a division one college basketball staff, any staff for that matter, stick together like, like that staff has. You would think at some point, you know, some of the assistants would want to move on and become head coaches, but that is such a cohesive unit. What have, yeah. what have they done to be able to keep that group together?
1: It's definitely a uh, definitely a family atmosphere, uh one hundred percent. Um I remember after my junior year when uh Coach Francis told us that he'd be moving on to go to Cal, it was really hard for him. I mean there were, you know, tears in his eyes and um uh it was a kind of an emotional moment for him to say that, you know, he's moving on and taking a different job and um, you know, I love Coach Francis and I'm really glad, you know, he, he's doing his thing out out in, uh, at Cal. Um But it's just just that kind of stuff is when uh, it's when a guy does take a job to move up or move on. It's uh, it's 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 with tears in your eyes because you don't want to leave and you love where you are. Um, It's 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 that kind of uh, family atmosphere. And um, Fran and the whole staff does a very good job of making Iowa City feel like home for everyone.
0: It's a very very integrity-driven athletic department as a whole. Uh yep. every single coaching staff that I've come across and and witnessed and interacted with, uh, very personable, caring people that do things the right way. And um, I can just from my, you know, interactions, um, I was able to take my son to the um father-son Iowa basketball camp some years back. And mm-hmm. uh just the way that Fran learned every every dad's name that was there, every kid's name called them by name. I was just like, that's impressive. Like that. He took the time and cared that much, just running a camp to get to know everybody. And, you know, Kirk Spira, or what a great dude he was. I mean, this guy's just a great staff of guys and, um, had to have made you just really want to play your butt off for him the whole entire time you were there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Especially with, uh, with, uh, coach brew is, uh, uh, I mean, he's the one who recruited me. He's the one who takes care of in-state stuff, and um, him playing for the university and now coaching at the university—it's uh, a sense of like Iowa pride. Like uh, it's you know Iowa's my dream school, as it was his dream school, as it was you know Jordan's dream school, as is Cordell's dream school, and I'm sure it's the Murray boys' dream school. And um, when you have that kind of stuff, you you just you just lay it all out there because you know you're playing for your you know your dream. It's it's what you dreamt of. It's what you shot you know hoops in the driveway thinking about.
0: At what point in your childhood did you, did Iowa become your dream school where you're like, I'm a Hawkeye, like that's where I want to be, that's my team. Was there anything in particular over the years or multiple things that really happened that, that got you hooked?
1: Yeah, I think I think two of them, two of the biggest things was, so my mom is from Minneapolis and her whole side of the family is Gopher fans. Okay, And so my dad and my uncles would always bet the Iowa-Minnesota game uh and stuff like that and so you know we lived in iowa so that was that was you know real it was like oh so like we're from iowa like we cheer for the hawks and then also at school after every iowa uh iowa state you know sporting event whether it's football basketball wrestling it doesn't matter uh you know oh my god i hated hearing it from the iowa state uh kids if if they won and if we won we go right back at them every uh every time. It, it it was just just ultimate beef, ultimate trash talk after every single one of those sporting events.
0: Your, uh your dad played college basketball was it in Mankato up in Minnesota? Yep. Yep. Yeah, t- tell us about uh your dad's influence on you growing up uh to become the basketball player that you did.
1: Yeah, uh definitely my dad and my mom uh had a ball in my crib uh and you know, one of my first birthday gifts was uh, was just like a little uh, mini Tykes hoop. And, uh, yeah, so I, I was always around and around basketball. And uh, the first time I had played, I was a six-year-old little first grader, and he brought me to some uh, basketball practice that he was helping out with. And I was just running up and down the court shooting baskets. And, uh, you know, as everyone does, when the first time they, they play basketball, I mean, I, I sucked, but I loved it. Uh, it, it uh, it's just – um you know, he, and he really encouraged me with it. And, uh, uh, and once, you know, I found that love for it, he really pushed me to be the best I could be.
0: So we, we like to ask everybody from whether it be football, basketball, baseball, anybody that we uh, interview former athletes, and this might be kind of tough. So if you can't come up with anything totally cool, but, um, do you remember any interesting, funny, hilarious stories that you just look back on from the locker room, from the weight room, you know, from practice, where you just kind of like, it'll hit you one day when you're in Belgium and be like, God, that was hilarious, and just puts a smile on your face again.
1: Yeah, one that I was actually just talking about um, with my girlfriend was uh, the whole rug incident with the NCAA tournament. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Can you explain uh, all about that again? I kind of forgot about that.
1: So I was just thinking about that one as, uh, so after the NCAA tournament, you know, after you lose, you know, you take the, you know, all decor down and stuff. And uh, it was kind of like a big deal that year where the NCAA was getting mad about because people were taking stuff they weren't supposed to be taking and all this stuff. And uh, I just, just the complete chaos that was going on. It was just guys ripping everything off the walls and uh, stuff like that. And there's just this big NCAA marsh Madness rug. And we're just standing around. And I, Nicholas Bear goes, I'm going to take that rug. So (laughs) he folds it up and he gives it to our trainer and his trainer puts it and our trainer puts it in like this big bag and uh, smuggles it out of the stadium. And me and Jordan took a a whole cooler and dumped decals and snacks and all this stuff. We hauled it out. And so we, uh, uh, he still has the cooler and stuff. And uh, it was just, it just complete chaos. Like, like we just had a super heartbreaking loss. That's all, you know, it was almost the biggest comeback in NCAA history. You know, you know, it's a really emotional time. We cried and uh, the media has to come in and stick a camera in your face for half an hour. The media leaves and we just look around. (laughs) I think it was Nico Hobbs, like starts like quietly, like tearing stuff off the wall (laughs) because, you know, it's like an emotional situation. Mm -hmm. And like we like we all heard him and we looked at him and everyone just starts sprinting and just like taking everything. It's like it was just complete free for all. He's nuts. Does (laughs) does does bear still have the rug? Uh, I think he gave it to his younger brother to have it in his college apartment. So I, okay. I think it's at, uh, Luca Garza, Connor McCaffrey, Austin, Ash and Michael all live together. So I think it's at their apartment right now.
0: Okay. Well, that, that's pretty awesome. That's a good story. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. I'd, I heard, didn't you guys tweet out, uh, some pictures to the NCAA with that stuff?
1: Yeah. Jordan had tweeted out a picture of the, of the rug and said like, uh, we're holding like your rug hostage. Like, uh, please give us the the right to our name image and likeness for like the rugs for like safety, like safe return or something like that.
0: Did you guys ever hear like any reply back from the NCAA or did the coaches have anything to say to you guys about that?
1: Uh, I remember. I, I think Jordan had got called in to to the basketball office to talk about it or something. I think he got in a little hot water, but um, nothing nothing came out of it. They didn't. Get, they, they didn't. They didn't give us our name image and likeness right, and we saw their rug, so it's like that
0: what was it like playing with jordan because it definitely seems like he's got a little bit of an edge to him and you know that's yeah. what makes him a good player what what was your relationship like with jordan and what was it like playing with him in practice and in games
1: uh well yeah, first off he, he's my best friend um uh, we've played together in au and, and before and before iowa and uh we were roommates for four years and he comes and hang, hangs out with me in Okaboji uh in the in the off season and uh it's just being able to take a court with a, with your best friend. Who's also as, as a fiery and fierce competitor and uh, as clutch as he is on the court, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's unreal. It's, you know, it's, it's awesome.
0: Have you guys had any conversations about getting the band back together? Talk to your coach, like, Hey, you know, are we, we going to bring this guy in if he doesn't get picked up by an NBA team?
1: Uh, A little bit. Um, I mean, we're, we're kinda of trying I'm right now I'm trying to persuade him to sign with my agent so I uh we can maybe have a little more influence over that and he could place this as a package deal maybe, but uh, you know, he's got the NCAAs to worry about and then we'll, uh, get down to that Asian talk.
0: I got a favor to ask from you. I need, we need you as Hawk fans. Cause we're invested in you, man. We watched you play for all those years and, and we want to see you do well. We want to see how you're doing. we need you on social media, posting as many pictures as you can of, you know, you, you kick an ass over there in Belgium and use some game results and some highlights and some stuff like that. So we can, we got to still feel connected, man.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I know usually my Twitter is more uh, associated with my basketball stuff. My Instagram has been uh, – had a lot of my uh, international success on it because we have a really good uh, social media department over here. And so I'm always reposting their stuff uh, uh, on my Instagram story. So maybe I'll – maybe one day I'll, you know, post some of that over on Twitter uh, too.
0: Cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. We'd love to to see that stuff, you know, past Hawkeyes, how they're doing overseas because – we don't, you know, I'd love, I wish there was like some sort of like television package where, you know, I could oh, hop yeah. online and like purchase it and watch your games because I'd probably go broke watching all you, all the, the fun.
1: There's a, I know there's a stream package for my games. I'm sure there's a stream package for, you know, for Whitey and uh, Pete and, uh, uh okay. Sat and all them.
0: Yeah. Make sure that, uh, when we're done, uh, if you could, shoot me like the information on that. We would, I'd love to share it out. Cause I'm sure a lot of people would love all to right, watch so you sure. play and and, and check that out. Is your girlfriend up there over there with you right now too, or is she back home?
1: Uh, Yeah, she's over here right now. She's going to be here for
0: uh, another two weeks. Okay. How does she like it over there? How do you like it? I
1: like it. She
0: likes it. <laughs> she likes it. Okay. Not, not too yeah. bad of a transition.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, she or her school is all online right now. So it's, uh, it, it's, uh, easier with the time change.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. And then that's got to make things, you know, easier for you to be able to have a familiar face up there with you. And that, that makes the transition that much easier and, and that much better. So that's awesome, dude. Um, just wanted to, uh, tell you, thank you for taking time out of your busy playing schedule to just come down, come over here and talk with us. So do you guys, how many more games do you guys have left this season? Cause are you winding down or where are you guys uh, at in your process?
1: So. With COVID, their season had actually got backed up um, because they were one of the few leagues that resumed play um, last year after everything got shut down. So they had a, a delayed off season, which led to a delayed season. And so we actually have 20 more games. Um, oh wow! Over okay. Over the course of from now until May 11th, I think is our last regular season game, and then we have playoffs after that. And so we have a uh, you know it's going to be a, a busy next uh, few weeks.
0: All right. We're going to be watching you, man, standing behind you. i watch you get up there and take that MVP award and take your team as far as possible. And good luck the rest of the way.
1: All right. Thank you so much.
0: All right, Ryan. Thanks for taking time to catch up with us. And go Hawks.
1: Go Hawks. Thanks for having me.